0: Hey Sound Life Church, it is Pastor Susie and Pastor Caleb coming at you, talking about how we can apply the word that we received at church on Sunday, and talking about the Jesus way, and how we flourish even in crisis and fear situations, and looking at, you know, the book of Acts and how the disciples did that as they were, you know, telling about Jesus and then found themselves in a crisis.
1: Yeah, yeah, and... Um, you know, I was hoping to draw some comparisons between a somewhat unique crisis and that they were yeah. literally being persecuted by um, kind of community authorities for preaching the gospel. Many of our, our crisis moments aren't, at least at this yeah. point in our culture, aren't that kind of mm-hmm. um, opposition, but living in a broken world in a reality of a spiritual battle between God and the enemy for the souls of people, we have to understand that some of the brokenness that comes at us is is in a similar way pressure on our faith, Yeah, right? It's pressure on are we going to respond the world's way or are we going to respond in the Jesus way? Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things that I was excited to talk more with you about that I didn't have time for in the sermon was just this idea that God doesn't you know, God doesn't need brokenness to go away in order to bring flourishing to his people. Yeah. And that is a really hard thing for us to say yes and amen to. Mm-hmm. right? We're like, yeah. but I want the brokenness to go away. <laughs> like we, and we should. Yeah, and, and I think that God does too, but he recognizes that there is a benefit to us navigating some pain and mm-hmm. navigating some crisis. And there's a There's a strengthening and a blessing that happens in us or to us through that process. And then there's also uh, a greater potential for us to show the good news to the world around us Mm -hmm. when we live it out in challenge and crisis and brokenness. And Mm -hmm. so it's hard for us to want to amen that idea. Mm -hmm. But I think when we take a step back and look at it and, and really try to capture God's perspective, the Bible's perspective on it, we can't deny that there is real significance in going through some challenges in this life. And, uh, yeah, but it's hard to, it's hard to wrap our heads around that.
0: Yeah. I think when you're, especially when you're in the middle of it, right. When you're yeah. like, you're going through it. And the question is so often like, why am I going through this? Yeah. God, why aren't you doing anything? Yeah. I'm praying. I'm asking, you know, I've been following you for how many years and yet, I'm still going through this. Yeah, you know how do I keep trusting that this is going to be better?
1: Yeah, I, yeah.
0: That's I, a, it's a hard thing to do.
1: Yeah, I, I think I mean a good illustration for it is what um, competitive athletes go through to push their bodies to the next level, right? Like mm-hmm. they have to endure um, weariness and pain, usually yeah. both, yeah, to get their body to grow in endurance and, you know, muscle strength and all those things to that next level, right? Mm-hmm. And some runners will even call it pushing through the wall, mm-hmm. right? Pushing through the wall of pain or of exhaustion to get to that next level of endurance. Um, and I think that the presence of mind it takes yeah. to push your, your body or your mind past what your instincts are telling you to do is a uniquely human ability, right? Mm-hmm. It's a uniquely God-given, I think, image of God ability to choose what is best in the long term at the expense of the short term. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a beautiful human thing yeah. um, that you don't see in the animal kingdom, right? Mm-hmm. Like if I tell my dog, "Hey, um, <laughs> if you don't eat your food now, I will give you a steak later," <laughs> and I turn around. He's already forgotten and he's eating the food, right? I mean, and I don't blame him. He's he's an animal. He's instinct driven. And in our culture, we are training people to be instinct driven. Mm -hmm. Like whatever you feel in this moment is true for you. Yeah. And if it changes in the next moment, that's okay. Truth can change. Mm -hmm. Well, that's just not how the universe works. It's definitely not how the kingdom of God works. It's not how life actually works. Like we are bound by real facts Mm -hmm. and principles and some of those are, are ethical, you know, moral truths and principles. Some of those are, are physical and, and parts of the universe. Um, but the reality is that we have the ability to think ahead, to plan ahead, to recognize a reward that's out there and to push through the wall of pain, of challenge, of hard work, of obstacles that our instincts would have us avoid in order to get a greater reward on the other side. Yeah. And I think that It's that kind of perspective. It's the perspective of the heaven that is coming after our time in this world that is the motivator for us to navigate crisis or pain uh, well. Mm -hmm. And if we don't have that perspective, if we don't actually believe that heaven is going to be better than this world, then there is no way we're passing that test. Totally.
0: Yeah, I think that that kind of leads to just the overall trust that we have in God being so important for for this type of thing like in the brokenness do we really have a trust that god knows what's best for us in
1: eternity absolutely yeah and that that is hard hard to trust anybody um at times hard to trust god he has a really good track record (laughs) obviously in history and scripture and church history and, and people we know and often in our own lives after we've walked with Him, but still hard to overcome those instincts and trust. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important, just like we we could turn to tons of scriptures that point to the reward God has to us in the long term, mm-hmm. which is the motivator. I think we can also look that throughout the New Testament, the idea of God's comfort in our present time is is the other side of the coin that God has reward exponential reward in mind for us in eternity, mm-hmm. but he still has comfort for us now. Totally. He still has um, a taste of that reward for us. Now it's not like the trust walk us without any sign of God's presence in our lives. Yeah. It's actually the opposite. We have a real good sense of the Holy spirit being with us, reminding us of truths that matter, um, giving us strength to persevere in trial, comforting us when we are grieved as we should be mm-hmm. by some of the crises that we face, yeah, and so I think we never want the eternal reward perspective to um, numb us or or callous us to the real pain of crisis mm-hmm. right I mean we to use that athlete illustration, one of the reasons that we celebrate great feats by athletes and maybe sometimes celebrate them too much, but you know, celebrate that marathon runner in the Olympics that persevered Mm -hmm. through great pain to, to set a new record, right. Is because we realize the cost to get there Mm -hmm. and we don't minimize the cost. We actually celebrate the victory even more because of the cost. And I think that the Holy spirit walks beside us to say, Hey, I understand the cost. Yeah. Like, The cost is not small Mm -hmm. and it's going to be worth it, but God doesn't minimize our pain. Mm -hmm. He actually makes it meaningful in eternity. And I think that's an important thing for us to realize is that we have God's empathy. We have God's sympathy. Jesus understands our suffering, um, even as he coaches us to push through it. Mm -hmm. So those two things, the eternal reward perspective, but also God's comforting presence in our current circumstances are the two pieces that I think allow us to actually flourish in circumstances that would otherwise crush us.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I like that perspective. I mean, that's something that I've seen in my own life, you know, walking through probably the biggest crisis I've ever had was losing my mom about five years ago. And, you know, having, you know, come out of it five years later, I can see how God used that and worked through that, even though it was incredibly painful, um, you know, and still is, but that has developed what the new Testament talks about. It has developed endurance. It's developed character within me Mm. because I got to walk through that with God. You know, he got to do some things in me that I wouldn't have otherwise happened, you know, without that crisis. And, yeah. Do I still have questions about it? Sure. sure. But you're like, God, I see you still at work. And yeah. so I trust you yeah. that I'll get some answers in eternity that I don't have now. Yeah. But I still see blessings now even yeah. from that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I it's It can feel trite if we say it in the wrong moment or the yeah. wrong way. But I think we would all choose to spend eternity with our loved ones. Um, over having the exact amount of years in this life, but knowing that's all we get. Sure, we we would choose that yeah. long term, yeah, uh, a nonstop time with them
0: mm-hmm.
1: over a few more years in this finite time with them. But it doesn't mean that that moment of loss and separation is less painful. And we even see that in Jesus on the cross, yeah. right, where he says, "You know, Father, where are you? <laughs> like, where are you?" Yeah. And there's this sense of of spiritual separation as Jesus bore all of our sin. Mm-hmm. And and he felt the pain of separation from his yeah. father. I mean, that is a crazy, mm-hmm. theologically that's a crazy concept, right? Totally. But I think it shows us that Jesus relates to um, the separation we feel, even if we know it's temporary, but we don't grieve as people who have no hope. That's right. And that's kind of an amazing thing. I was reminded of a gentleman in our church Um, who we lost a couple years ago. And he said to my wife at one point when she was going through a really difficult time, um, as a singer and a pretty verbal person, like kind of had some issues with their vocal cords, had to have surgery on them, didn't know what speaking or singing would ever be like again. And this gentleman had given her this, he felt, he felt prompted to remind her of this kind of, uh, principle that it requires a trial to have a testimony. Mm. And sometimes that trial is just the experience of our own sin, but then there's all the other things that happen in this world. And he just felt like his word to her was, this trial is going to result in a testimony that's worth it. Um, And interestingly, you know, he lived that out. Uh, He passed away and... I've really watched his wife, and I got to share this with her like how he encouraged my wife with that. I got mm. to encourage his wife with that same wow. thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. obviously not in the moment of loss. Sure. But now um, just connecting with her a couple of years later and just saying, hey, I, I just want you to know this principle that your husband lived by. Yeah. You are demonstrating that in our church family that Jesus mm-hmm. is still a joy to you. Yeah. That you have hope in heaven. That you are living more now than ever in the goodness and glory of God. And it's just pretty cool how without crisis, that opportunity wouldn't be there. Yeah, And it came at a great cost. Yeah, um, But when we do that, we give the Holy Spirit an opportunity to minister things to us mm-hmm. that we would never experience outside of crisis. Yeah, And we allow the world to see something or hear something through us from the Holy Spirit that they might not find very convincing if they didn't watch us walk it out in pain. Totally.
0: You, you bring up something really interesting because we're talking about us walking through crisis and us walking through brokenness. But what do we do to help people, other people who are walking through that? Because often those are the times where you know, we don't maybe want to hear it ourselves, but if someone else kind of speaks the word of God into us, um, it can help us in those moments. So, I like, as a church family, how do we support one another in those moments without being kind of cliche right. and, like, you know, pushing pain under the rug? Yeah. But, you know, really witnessing to one another.
1: Yeah, I mean... I, I kind of want to take the cheat code and put that question back on you and ask <laughs> what, what was helpful to you even in that scenario five years ago. Yeah, and maybe it's a fair moment to say what wasn't <laughs> super helpful, right? And, yeah, and, and to also give you the the uh, the opportunity to say what's true for you isn't necessarily exactly sure. the same for everybody. Totally. But
0: yeah, because not everyone's walking through the same pain. I mean, I think definitely, um, you know, being at Sound Life Church, when that happened, the church showed up, you know, people brought us meals and, and stuff mm. like that, you know, that you think of. Um, but I think, you know, when you walk through, if you walk through a pain that's not just like a season, like, like a loss of a loved one where yeah. it's going to be a grief oh, for yeah. a long time. Yeah. You know, those people who still to this day, you know, will come up to me Mm -hmm. and just, you know, say something sweet or even just people who are praying for me. You know, when you lose someone like a mom mom who prayed for you, who gave you words of wisdom, who was that to you? Like people who have stepped in, in a mentorship role, like those people are, are the support and are Mm -hmm. the church to me. And I think, you know, even just like you shared that story of someone just remaining strong and being kind of like bold about their story Mm -hmm. I think that is something that we can do for one another. It's saying like, I've been through tough things Mm -hmm. and here's how I got through. You know, I think sharing our testimony, it's so much more than just like witnessing to somebody and bringing them to Jesus. It's like, how do you make it?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, and it does one of the most powerful things that you can do for a human being. It gives them hope. Yeah. Right. Like when you share a testimony, It does glorify Jesus, but it also imparts hope to a soul. Yeah. And uh, you can ask secular psychologists about this, but there are few things more powerful than hope Mm -hmm. in a human soul. One of the most motivating things, particularly in times of difficulty and crisis, is this idea of hope of a better future. Totally. Obviously, the gospel gives us that. But in moments of doubt, hearing a testimony of someone else... Is fuel to the fire of hope. Absolutely. And I think that you you touched on something that I was I was kind of thinking of as well, which um, is presence. Yeah. You know, sometimes totally. just being with people. Yep. Is a sign that life is not over. Mm-hmm. It's a sign that they are not alone. Yeah. Um, whatever the crisis is, mm-hmm. we need to know those things. We need yeah. to know that there's there's still life in front of us. Yep. We need to know that there are still people around us, Mm -hmm. um, and those are the kinds of things that give hope, Yeah, right? And so I think presence, I think that's where, like, you know, bring a meal, where put an arm around someone, Mm -hmm. where pray for someone, or share a a careful, thoughtful word of encouragement, not a word of... Correction uh, totally. in those times of crisis. Uh, I think that those things are, we need to be the presence of Jesus. Yeah. And then when someone is able to articulate some of their pain or some of their questions mm-hmm. out of our presence with them is maybe an appropriate place to try to add some scriptural truth yeah. and some, some scriptural perspective in a conversation, right. Mm-hmm. That someone's ready for, um, Usually it's not in the moment of pain. Yeah. I mean that that's, it seems like that's a rare circumstance. Totally. So
0: Yeah, I think that's a good point. Cause I think sometimes even being in pain or uh brokenness can can bring like a shame about it and sure. be an isolating factor for yeah, people. Yeah. That's and a you great just, perspective. You can just kind of run to yourself and just mm-hmm. think, I'm the only one going through this. I am all alone. And so to be that arm around someone's shoulder, you know, even if it's them, even if it's sin that made yeah. made their brokenness, but just to be there and say, yeah God's not done with you yet, yeah. you know like that kind of presence is really powerful
1: yeah, that's good, that's good, I think that's a good reason uh not that it's all about you know cri- the loss of loved ones is not the only crisis we face, but i was I was reminded of The power of going to a memorial service, Mm -hmm. um, a a Christian memorial service, and hearing the story and the impact of a life, but also hearing some of the scriptural truths in that context, um, can be, it's kind of a a short, condensed picture of what someone probably needs in their life following a season of crisis over a, a period of years. Yeah. Of just the mix of celebration and grief, Mm -hmm. uh, the mix of both memories, but also scriptural truths and principles. I mean, Pastor Terry is a pro at leading people through this personally or corporately. And I've learned a lot from watching him um, in those moments. So, and then I think, you know, as we, as we kind of maybe wrap up this, this thought, I think it's helpful to look at those points that we talked about in the sermon of facing mm-hmm. um, facing fear and still flourishing. Some good principles for us are to run to prayer, yep. and prayer can look like a lot of things in crisis. I often encourage people <laughs> start with your feelings, yeah. start by praying your emotions, and move it to praying Scripture. Yeah, right. You see that in Psalms all the time. Oh, totally. David prays. God, where the heck are you? Everybody's against me. My life is horrible. And by the end of the psalm, he's like, but you're still God. Yep. And you've made your promises to me and everything's going to work out okay. It just, to me, most of the psalms follow a pattern similar to that. Mm -hmm. And I know there's exceptions to that rule, but I think it's okay for our prayers to follow that. We want to move from emotion to scripture. Yeah. But God honors the emotions too. Just don't stay there. Totally. Um, so I think running to prayer, I think speaking the gospel, and that's maybe the part where you bring the scripture in. Um, I mentioned yesterday, sometimes you need to speak the gospel to the mirror. Totally. Uh, meaning that sometimes I need to be reminded that Jesus forgave me, that he died for me, that he loves me, that he rose from the dead, that this isn't the end of the story, and that I'm living and and working for something that matters even when it hurts. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that we could do ourselves a favor if at least once a week we took some time to kind of preach the gospel to ourselves. Yeah. I think we'd live a little differently. Totally. Um, So I think speaking the gospel to ourselves, then obviously to the people around us, wherever there's opportunity. Um, And then that loving with abandon is such a healthy way to step outside of ourselves. And I'd love to kind of end this podcast, just talking a little more about that, Mm -hmm. because I think sometimes in our, particularly in our culture, very individualistic culture, uh, loving others with kind of radical abandon is hard. Yeah. We are taught boundaries with others yeah. and um, no boundaries for self. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and really the gospel teaches us, you probably need to put some boundaries on yourself Yeah. and maybe remove some of the walls you've put up between you and loving other people. Mm-hmm. So uh, I kind of explained a little bit about what loving with abandon means to me. I'm curious, did you have any thoughts on where you've seen that, what that looks like. Um, what is, what, what does scripture teach us about loving other people in a very Christ like kind of radical way?
0: Yeah. I think, I mean, I think the idea of like hospitality is all over scripture of just being people who just are welcoming people into your life, you know, and not, like you said, kind of not holding back with that. Um, obviously there's, you know, wisdom in ways that we, open our homes or, you know, open ourselves up even. But, um, you know, just being people who are like, man, open about Mm -hmm. our, you know, our time and our energy, just like, yeah, come along, see what Mm -hmm. it's like to live like Jesus, you know, like see what it's like to follow him. Um, and just to like generosity. I think that's a big thing is just thinking of others, even in just the, how you, um, how you use your money and how you, um, are think of other people with gifts and with, um, you know, just sharing, like sharing, yeah. paying for people's meals, like I don't know, all yeah. that, that kind of like tangible stuff,
1: yeah, shows love. I've been hit at times, uh, in my journey as a Christian by certain Christians who are crazy generous with their belongings, yeah, um, you know we were at someone's house once and Jeanette just commented on like a vase on someone's table. Like, man, that's a beautiful vase. Where do you find that? And later that night after dinner, when we were getting ready to go home, um, the lady just brought it to Jeanette. She's like, Hey, I want you to have this. Yeah. And just like things like that are kind of shocking, right? You're like, wait, well I was just complimenting (laughs) like a nice piece on your table and now you're giving it to me. like, wow. Or, um, You know, there there have been obviously times where Christians are giving coats and shoes Mm -hmm. away to people that don't have good ones. I think that there's things like that in our society. It's interesting because some of the needs in our society have gotten weird between government assistance and Mm -hmm. so many different nonprofit programs, and people feel weird about kind of shopping those programs. So I think that there's there's wisdom in it, but I also think. Within your own community of relationships, looking for ways to be generous yeah. is a really good habit. Mm-hmm. If you don't have relationship and you, you feel a check in your spirit of like, maybe this is, is this a weird situation? Is somebody taking advantage of sure. something? That's fine. Then, then don't feel pressure, Yeah. but look for opportunities in, in meaningful ways to just give away yeah. yourself, mm-hmm. your emotions, your words of encouragement. Um, possessions that you do have and don't feel huge pressure about it. And then I think as Americans, we need to look beyond our borders because, you know, there's various studies out there, but the resources available even to the poor in our society are more than most people around the world have any kind of access to. And I think um, that's why, you know, as a church, we're pretty passionate about giving to missions Mm -hmm. And giving through known trained missionaries yeah. to meet some of the needs in the world around us. Obviously, the need for the gospel, but also the needs for food and clothing and those kinds of things. So um, there are ways to express our generosity in in big ways. Um, take some intentionality, yeah. And that's I think the key is: are we are we open? Are we intentional? Or are we just thinking about ourselves all the time?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's a great note to end on and that's you know the heart of every time we end we just talk about you know do we do everything in the name yeah. of jesus and so we want to love in the name of jesus yep. those around us and that should look radically different than the world that we see
1: yeah it's good
0: yeah so sound like church go and represent jesus well and we'll see you next week